0: Jesus is so demanding, a man once told me. He does not allow for any compromise, and the same is true for the church. A little compromise with the world, he added, would make things just go so much more smoothly for everyone. I suspect many Christians would agree with that man. And there are some churches that have compromised. And they are in decline. I asked the man, who do you think Jesus is? And he responded pretty much with the usual things. uh, An important person, a great leader, a teacher, someone who came to preach a message of love and insisted that we serve the poor. But I asked him, Is Jesus God, or is he just a man? You see, how he would answer, how you answer, how I answer, is critical. If Jesus is God, three unassailable conclusions automatically follow. First, his words are truth. As God, his words are directed to our salvation, and if we do not take them to heart, we condemn ourselves. Second, we ought to make conforming our lives to the gospel our daily goal, since the gospel, the living voice of Jesus in the world, is normative for leading fulfilling lives. Third, If Jesus is God, it follows that the church he personally established has its origin in a divine person. It is not merely a human institution whose doctrines and moral teachings are based on what people want or what they approve or what they vote for, but rather are based on truth. If, however... Jesus is only a man. Then his words, however lofty, however noble, are merely his opinions, which according to today's mindset means they're no more true, no more important than any other person's opinions. Jesus' words are no more true, no less true, than those of all the other religious leaders throughout history. And there are many today who believe just that. His gospel cannot be binding. At best, it is suggestive. And if Jesus is only a man. The church he established is a purely human institution, which we are therefore free to transform or recreate as we see fit, which is exactly what so many today want to do. Well, the man said, well, I know that Jesus is God, but what he asks for is so inconvenient. And there was the uncomfortable truth of the matter. You know, we all want the angels of Christmas. We want the empty tomb of Easter. But not the inconvenience of the cross of Good Friday. In today's gospel, we are told, when the days where Jesus is being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined a journey to Jerusalem. Notice how the words being taken up, meaning Jesus' eternal destiny, and Jerusalem, the place of his execution, where he becomes both priest and victim, are placed in the same verse. The expression, resolutely, however, is a very poor translation of the Greek. It better translates as, he set his face toward Jerusalem. Meaning, this was his testimony, that his unchangeable will is to go to Jerusalem to encounter the cross. Jesus, precisely because he is God, knew what was to happen and why it had to happen, and nothing was going to deter him. He saw the eternal destiny of every human being, past, present, and future at stake, though no one else did, except perhaps the devil. His going to Jerusalem was not convenient, but absolutely necessary. Much of this past week, The daily readings at Mass repeated the message that the disciple of Jesus must pick up his or her cross, not just once, but daily. And crosses come in as many forms as people, and none of them are convenient. And we heard the same message in today's gospel. To the one who said, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus made it clear that if he, son of man, has nowhere to lay his head, his disciple cannot be expected to be treated any better. That one's rest must be sought in one's relationship with the Lord. There will be great inconvenience in being a disciple of Jesus. To the one Jesus said, follow me, but who asked first to go and bury his father, a noble, proper thing to do. Jesus shockingly responded, let the dead bury their dead. But you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Ministry will not be convenient for the disciple or his or her family. And to the one who wanted to follow Jesus, but first desired to say farewell to his family, the Lord said, no one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind as fit for the kingdom of God. By these encounters, Jesus teaches us there are three uncompromising, inconvenient conditions of discipleship. The first, there is no ultimate security in anyone or in anything in this life economies collapse, wealth can be taken away from us at the at the stroke of a pen, political leaders routinely lie to us nations fall, sickness and death are just part and parcel of our fallen condition. The one the only enduring constant to help us navigate through the many crosses of this life is our relationship with Jesus. The second Our relationship with Jesus must be expressed in proclaiming the kingdom of God by how we live our lives. And that is done best when we allow the joy of belonging to Jesus to take root in us. The world can only provide us with transitory pleasures at best. Jesus alone can give a joy that no power in this world, not even death, has any control over the third. There can be no looking back. No endless mind games. If only I did this, if only I did that, then things would have been different. The disciple cannot allow himself or herself to fall into that black hole of stinking thinking. The disciple cannot live in the past, but must live in the present and move forward in hope. To the, future. the man who told me that Jesus is so demanding was, of course, absolutely correct. Jesus is demanding because he alone is the way to navigate through all the darkness of this world. He alone is the way to survive the chaos of this life. He alone is the way to eternal life. He is demanding because his love for us cannot tolerate losing a single one of us.